we're looking for a talent fit for the company. We're looking for a cultural fit. So someone that hopefully is passionate about the outdoors. And then really what is their input into go love and what is their output? Um, and those things you're never going to find all four, honestly, it's going to be, maybe the talent is 80% of the way there. And this person knows that they have some to learn, but they're a great cultural fit and the input and the output can really make up for the talent. Hey, you're still learning, but you're willing to put in the time to learn and, and crank out some good code and, and contribute to the team. This is the Job Stories Podcast, how people find work that matters. We really appreciate you coming on the Job Stories Podcast. Um, and if you don't mind, Chris, let's, uh, let's um, get you just to introduce yourself. And what is your job now? What do you do? Okay, yeah, I'm Chris Lime. I'm Chief Development Officer of Go Wild and one of the four co-founders of the company. Um, and what Chief Development Officer means for me and kind of for Go Wild is Zach, our president, and our head of data science, and I kind of split responsibilities of leading our engineering team. Um, and Zach, more from an HR and planning perspective as far as road mapping out the, the business side of what needs to be done on our software and me more from a technical perspective. So I'm dealing with our developers kind of constantly every day, um, going through how we're going to implement new features to the app and meeting with external companies to figure out what third parties we want to work with when we integrate or uh, direct message systems or our backend system on Amazon or uh, weather APIs, really anything technical that needs to be planned out comes through. Cool. Um, and let's give a quick shout out for Go Wild. What does Go Wild do? I mean, I know this because I've talked yeah. to you. It's so cool. Give a quick shout out for it. Right. Yeah. Go Wild is a social media and e-commerce platform really focused on hunting and fishing in the outdoors. So we launched in early 2017. The four co-founders of us kind of built it nights and weekends and working out of my basement that I'm sitting above now. I've moved up into the daylight now. I used to work down in the dark. Um <laughs> But we really launched focus on creating a place for people to talk about hunting and fishing in the outdoors and to find like-minded people that wanted to talk about hunting and fishing. Um, really, we were focused on the social side of Go Wild for quite a while and advertising on the social. Um, and then COVID hit, like it hit everybody. Um, and really, when COVID hit with all the supply chain issues and just things going on with COVID, we ended up shifting away from advertising. It was harder to find advertising dollars. I think everybody kind of hit this. And we shifted over towards building out e-commerce into the platform. So when you post on Go Wild and I say, hey, I went fishing this morning, I can post what I actually did. Um, mm -hmm. I can post the rod that I used and the reel that I used and the lures that I used and log my time in Go Wild. And not only can people go and see, okay, this is what Chris is using when he's fishing and, and buy that through Go Wild, but also as I log time, I get points and those points earn me rewards on Go Wild. Mm. So I can trade in those rewards, get $10 off, get discounts on different products. And it's almost like a video game as you're logging time, you level up and hey, suddenly I get 25% off this outdoor speaker or really just level up to whatever next reward there is. That is so cool. This social um, 
this social connectivity community app that's coupled with that e-commerce side. I mean, I can think of that like for someone in like for myself, I haven't done a whole lot of camping in my life. Some, not a lot, but like I'm having, I've got a five-year-old daughter now and it's like, I'd kind of like to get her out there and do that. But I'd, I'd need to go talk to some people about, Hey, what do I actually need to pull this off? Cause I don't have a lot of the gear. I've not done it a lot. So that's right. so cool. Like, Hey, you've had successful camping trips in this area, in this area. Like, what did you use? Like what tent? Like what? Yeah, exactly. And it's right. And as you get, as you go and look at a product on go wild, if you went and looked at a tent, if you go look at it on Amazon, it's going to have 4.5 stars on everything. You don't really know if people actually bought it or those reviews. It's kind of been proven. A lot of those are just farmed out and right. illegitimate reviews is a big thing they're fighting on go well there's somebody leaves a review i can click on them go view their profile see what they've been doing outdoors so i can message them and ask them hey how's the zipper on the tent has it worked out well for you it's it really gives more social validation for the product and it's the community and hunting and fishing in the outdoors is so focused on gear this is not like a bolt-on thing where it's like oh we can we can sell products now it was the thing people were doing anyway and kind of what it built itself out of the social aspect. Anytime someone had posted a fish, somebody posts and says, Hey, what rod are you using? How's the, what net did you use to pull that up? Like totally. people want to talk about gear in this space. So it's really perfect. Fit. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about you some, how did, uh, so you're a co-founder now of a startup entrepreneurial mm-hmm. spirit, but um, also a, a tech guy. So how did it get started for you? What was your first, what started you on this path? Yeah, so my first job out of college, so I went to the University of Louisville to the Engineering Speed School of Engineering here. Um, and out of the engineering school, I had worked at UPS as my co-op here uh, in Louisville. And my first role out of school was actually doing software development for Coca-Cola. Mm. So there was a small office here with about 20 people fresh out of school, um, really a development center to develop new talent to work for Coke. Um, and very quickly into that, I started working on iPhone and iPad uh, software for Coke. So I built out the iPad application for the 2012 Olympics that did all the, the sales of people walking around the Olympic Village and selling Coke. That's cool. Um, so yeah, so went over to London for that. Um, and kind of oversaw usage of that app and make sure all the orders are going back and forth. And that's really kind of what built out my love of Apple products because I was doing all this iPad and iPhone development. Um, And from there in 2013, I left Coca-Cola to jump to a, actually the other side of the aisle, I was working for Pepsi for, for a company that was building software for Pepsi. Um, So still kind of in the beverage industry but there I moved from just a development role. I was still working on the iPad software, but I was managing two other developers hmm. um, and worked there for several years. I actually still kind of keep that business afloat. I'm doing things randomly, support for them. Um, but from there, the owner of that company bought into a medical startup here in Louisville called Vitastaff. And they do medical distribution software. So uh, people working nursing homes or prisons, places where there's residents that live on site that are coming for medications. Mm. The nurses and the staff use their software to distribute that medication and keep records of it. Mm. Um, and I had, I moved to that and was really not programming anymore. I was managing six other developers and I was director of software development there. Um, a great job, but 
I had a love for coding and a love for software and I wasn't happy because I wanted to code. Mm. Um, so on my nights and weekends, I was doing iPhone development for an agency here in Louisville called Duology um, and building out some iPhone apps for them. They didn't have any full-time iPhone developers. So I was building out some apps for them. Honestly, it was kind of a nightmare. The, the projects didn't go great. I pushed them through kind of through perseverance, but because there were no iPhone developers on staff, I don't think they really knew the direction they wanted to go with some of the projects. Um, but funny thing, through working for them, that's how I met Brad was Brad, our CEO at GoWild, was creative director at Uology. Uh-huh. Um, and Donovan, one of our other co-founders who's head of design for GoWild, chief design officer, worked with Brad there as well. And that's kind of how I met my co-founders for GoWild. Gotcha. So this is cool already. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that um, maybe passion and a love for, for coding has very much um, inspired some of your career changes. So it's more of like a passion yeah, in what you love. Does. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that as like, as you've changed uh, jobs and now as a founder, like definitely passion's been a big leader for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely has both passion for the outdoors. I was big into hiking mm-hmm. um, and had done some fishing, but honestly I hadn't hunted at all, all before we started to go well, but just a passion for the, the outdoors through all my hiking I done with my wife and camping um kind of is what made me pull the trigger on moving full-time to go wild and, and starting this with the other three guys but also just my passion for both software development i want to be in the code and i want to have my i, I want to crank out applications that i know people are actually using and and care about mm. um but also mentorship like it, it can be hard as a software developer there's kind of the upward mobility path is eventually you just start managing other developers and that's most mainstream jobs that's where you end up you're managing people you're probably not coding or if you are you're just jumping into code reviews to see how your employees are are doing and what i really wanted was a place where i could code most of my time but also mentor other developers Mm. um there's a uh organization here in louisville called code louisville that's a free coding school for nights and weekends for people that aren't traditionally trained in software development can apply for free. They come and they learn some software development and there's different tracks. And I had mentored for them um, their iOS development track several years ago to kind of help other developers or people wanting to get into software development learn. And that really showed me, I, I have a pat. I don't just want to code, I want to mentor developers as well and work on building products with someone um so go out has really helped me build out the career that i wanted mm. where i can code 80 percent of my time and 20 percent of my time is mentoring the other developers and working real closely with them as well as it's kind of from a higher level architecture setting up how the company should be organized that's so cool to hear and and, I, and i've we've talked offline here too so i've i know mm-hmm. i've known a little bit of this about you but it's that's that's something I think that um, more folks could could stand to hear when they listen to this is that like especially in, in our world with like finding talent and then your world is hiring and managing that team mm-hmm. like sometimes there might be someone that comes to you that's maybe 60 70 percent from a technical skills standpoint matches the job description but it takes mm-hmm. somebody like you to see that person and be like no I could though develop some skills in them they're an excellent culture fit. 
in your case, they right. love hiking, they love fishing, they love being outdoors. They'd be an excellent culture fit. But like, there may be some other things that I'm going to have to develop, and it takes somebody like you to be like, well, I'm happy to do that. So, do you care to right, elaborate exactly. on that? That that the development stuff. I I love hearing that from you. Yeah, yeah. So the founders actually talked about this recently. Like when we hire someone and really analyze our current talent and how they're doing, how do we really weigh their their output and their development? And we decided there's really four pillars. And Brad kind of came up with this. We're looking for a talent fit for the company. We're looking for a cultural fit. So someone that hopefully is passionate about the outdoors. And then really what is their input into go of and what is their output? Mm-hmm. Um, and those things, you're never going to find all four, honestly. It's going to be maybe the talent is 80% of the way there. And this person knows that they have some to learn, but they're a great cultural fit. And the input and the output can really make up for the talent. Hey, you're still learning but you're willing to put in the time to learn and, and crank out some good code and, and contribute to the team. I care more about the cultural side and just, we don't necessarily say we have a no assholes policy, but it's just kind of unofficial <laughs> that if you don't get along with the team, you're not going to last very long. Yeah. Um, and we've done a really good job of our team. Now I can say is fully everyone on the team is an A player mm. and from our perspective, if you are not willing to contribute like an A player or or at least try to, then it's not really fair to the existing team to have somebody on, on staff. So when we hire somebody, we're very upfront that this is going to be one of the hardest jobs you've had, but it's also going to be one of the most rewarding jobs you have. Because um, you can learn a lot. You can have a lot of ownership because we have a small team. And you can make a lot of impact on the company just straight out of the gate as soon as you start. Yeah, that's that's so, so cool to hear. So, I mean, I hate to lead you on this one, but like you've had a mentor that's taught you this or it's you something you've just kind of learned along the way? Like how did you kind of come to this level of from, from a leadership standpoint, this awareness? Where did that come from, you think? I think it started at Coca-Cola. Um, I've kind of, I've had good, good mentors and bad mentors. Um, starting at Coca-Cola, like I said, we had a small office here in Louisville. Headquarters was in Atlanta. And my first manager at Coke was really hands-off and just didn't didn't talk to us, didn't mentor us much at all. Mm. Um, and from him, I went on to work underneath the director there at Coca-Cola that I still talk to on a regular basis, Don Weatherly. Um, and Don was not super technical, but very his communication was so good and he cared about his employees and he really drove, Hey, let's make sure we're doing the sales software for the Olympics. Let's not just do it the same old way. We would do something on a windows tablet that nobody wants to use. This guy cares about iPad development. Let's get iPads for this and build out an iPad app. And he really drove, he helped me build out my career at Coca-Cola the way I wanted it to go. Mm. And I think from his leadership, it's kind of taught me, a lot about how to manage other developers. Um, really, one of the first things we make sure we know about a developer is not just what do you, here's the role that we currently have, but what do you want to do? Do you want to be fully back-end developer? Are you looking to do back-end development and some front-end development? Or our web developer, Alex, who, who left recently, he had come to us and said, you know, I've, the the web application for GoWell is really solid. I've built 
feel like I've built it out really well, but I feel like I don't have a lot to learn in that area. And I'd love to work on the Android development. Hmm. So we were in the process of shifting him to Android development when he found the other role. Um, but really, if you want to keep an employee and, and have good output, you need to make sure that they're happy. And a hmm. lot of that is just, how do you like to work? What do you want to work on and making sure we empower them to do that? That's great. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, and thank you for being honest about this one aspect mm-hmm. in the sense that you're like, I had a bad mentor too. Isn't yeah. it interesting sometimes in life we can learn just as much from like what I don't want to do. You know what I mean? Like I've had yeah. jobs where I'm like, well, I know that I don't want to do this. I don't, maybe in right. my, at 21, I was like, I know I don't want to, I want to do this. I don't know what I want to do, but I know I don't want that. I guess it yeah, happened yeah. on the other end of mentorship too. You probably learned some things from a, a poor mentor that was like, well, I'm not going to be like that. And you've learned some stuff along the way, I'm sure too. Right. Right. And I've learned, like, I like to manage people and work. I like to work together with a team and for people to come to me from a technical perspective. But honestly, I, I don't really like the HR side of things. Mm-hmm. It's not how my brain works. I don't want to do uh, a talent review with you after six months and, and talk to you about your goals. I'd rather, that's where Zach comes in from an HR perspective and mm-hmm. we work really well together. He's more type A than me and like, here's our goals as a business and let's meet on the business goals where I'm more engineering side. I want to talk about the software and what you want to work on on a technical perspective. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's interesting. I, uh, you're, you're, uh, it's just really cool because some folks like that are, that I've seen and met over the years that are highly creative and can code and highly intelligent in that Mm -hmm. world don't always transition into this place where they're also leading people. I feel like right. people like you are kind of hard to find. Have you had to learn some new skills leading people or have you kind of always felt, you know what, I actually think I kind of float in both worlds pretty well as far as like mm-hmm. highly relational yeah. and also highly creative and can code and all that. Have you had to learn some new things or you find it a little natural for you over the years? I would say I've definitely had to learn some things. Just getting when you especially when you own a business and you're you're managing several different developers just understanding making sure everybody stays positive on things and that everybody's pointed in the right direction i in my personal life i can be negative about some things and just hey this this thing really sucks you don't want to start that route with a lot of your employees and you want to keep everybody positive Mm -hmm. and just learning what to say and when has been a thing for me i'm Mm -hmm. kind of an open book and we'll say how I feel at all times. <laughs> so that's one thing. And things are going amazing for go well. There's not really much negative to say. That's great. But there's features that I'd love to work on that it's like, hey, it, this sucks. But as a business right now, that's not a priority for us. We want to work on getting more products into the system versus building out this cool technical thing that we all would love to do. Um, but I, I think it's a little 50-50. I've learned yeah. quite a bit about managing people. Some of it comes naturally for me. I'm pretty outgoing. I like talking to people. Um, so I would say 50-50 there. Well, if is there any, for somebody that's maybe like, I think I might want to be a CTO one day, like is there any, mm-hmm. that, but they're like kind of more in the software engineering space right now, that they're like, maybe let's say like 23, 24. Like, is there mm-hmm. any piece of advice you could give them to start? This is, this is what I would do now. You know, is there anything? Yeah. I mean, one thing they don't really teach you in engineering school and that I have learned 
on the job at GoWell that I never even, even as director of a software company, I never really thought about is we have third party integrations that we work with for GoWell. So, hey, there's a system I'm investigating now for our direct message system. Right now we built it out ourselves. It needs some love and just keeping in mind at all times, everything you do takes a certain amount of man hours. We're gonna need people to develop this thing and understanding the line between, could we just pay somebody to do this? Or can we pay for a service that gets us 90% of the way there and we only have to spend one-tenth of the hours on it ourselves? Mm-hmm. Keeping that stuff in mind isn't something that you're really taught in engineering school. And just, I think a lot now, whenever we're looking at, hey, this new system for testing go well is going to cost us $1,000 a month. I have that on a spreadsheet somewhere. I have that broken down and before we were having meetings with this many people, here's their pay, their rate that they were that we were paying them. And just keeping in mind the input and output money-wise isn't really a thing that you think about until you get to that that management level. Totally. But I, I think early on in your career, you can think about that stuff. I mean, I a lot of things from Go Up, we pushed to have free for as long as we could. And figuring out where the line where you start paying for things and how much you're willing to pay for things is something I think if you build that skill early, it's going to help you a lot later in your career. That's great. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, if I was a if I was software engineer listening to this right now, I mean, my head's already going like, well, you need to start asking questions about how the business actually run. Like you can write code for this right. product, for this sprint or whatever, that just laser focus, like in a vacuum, that's great. But like mm-hmm. to get to like your point, you're talking about overall business operations too. It's like you gotta, gotta have right. both. That's right. cool. Um, yeah, that's so great. So let's, uh, I just want you to put on your, um, entrepreneur hat now. Um, I this and I, maybe I'm asking for myself being another, small yeah. owner, but, but what, how do you yeah. manage the highs and the lows? Like, I mean, y'all had to pivot during COVID. So that probably felt a little scary prior to that pivot. Right. So like, how do you manage that? Sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is scary. And I mean, we are still a venture backed company where we have runway and we're constantly thinking about what's our revenue coming in from e-commerce and our overall runway. And one thing I think that's really special about GoWild is our employees know we're venture back. That's not the special part, but we're very open. And we tell our employees, we have meetings every few weeks where we go through, this is our current runway. Here we are at our projections. It's for some people, if you heard, I'm not, this isn't the actual number, but if we said, Hey, we have 18 months of runway and, we need to hit these goals to make sure that number keeps growing. Some people think, oh shit, in 18 months, I'm going to lose my job where we've really fostered an environment of like, oh, this is awesome. I've got 18 months to continue growing this, make more revenue. And that, that date just continues to shift down the road. That's cool. Um, and I think managing the highs and lows, is, part of it is just being so open about that. Hey, mm. we didn't hit revenue for, for this month. Last month we were over and analyzing seasonality of monthly fishing it looks like we should be back up soon things like that and one thing that i think has really hit me with go wild and i i knew it already but you can make anything look positive at the end of the day there's there's always something good happening mm-hmm. um there were times where hey our grow our user growth isn't been what we expected it to be but we've got all these people coming and not creating accounts and they're making purchases on GoWild and mm. we're selling all this stuff, but we're not converting those people to members. So there's always highs and lows. 
Um, and I think we've done a good job of taking those highs. Hey, all these people are coming in and buying things and let's solve the low with the high. Let's take those people that are buying things, give them incentives to stay in go well. That's really where our whole reward system came from. You made a purchase. If you create an account, now you get $10 and you can come back and buy more things and post about your gear. Mm. Um, and just kind of trying to manage that back and forth is, is something I've definitely learned. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that transparent with your team, even if it's for just like, at least I like you feel this team camaraderie, like I'm not in it alone. Like this, this week or this month was really hard and actually opening up to your team actually does. I feel like probably in my mind, it would free me up to be like, well, we are in this together. I'm not only dealing with this hard thing by myself, at least, you know? Right. Yeah. That's cool. Well, this has been really, really awesome. Chris, if you don't mind, what's a good way um, for anyone that may want to get in touch with you? How can they do that? Yeah, really the best way to get in touch with me is either email. Um, I'm Chris at timetogowild.com or find me on LinkedIn. Search for Chris Blyme. It's G-L-E-I-M. Um, and I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I, I need to post. I haven't for a couple of weeks now, but I've I've learned from our CEO, Brad, has built such a, a following on LinkedIn mm. that it's been really good for the company and just good for him. And I've been trying to build that up as well. So connect with me on LinkedIn, shoot me a message and let me know where you heard of me. And I'm, I'm totally open to calls and talking to people and um, just mentoring or giving advice. Uh, I love doing it. So definitely open to people reaching out. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. And I'll, uh, we'll, we'll do the LinkedIn, the, we'll do the link on, um, on the, the podcast space doing all that. So we'll link to that. Okay. But awesome. yeah, this has been great. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate your time. And yeah, yeah, this has been so cool. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Mason. Thank I appreciate you. it. Have a great day. We'll talk soon. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye.